Are you lying ready? Are you lying ready? Now, this has nothing to do with the draft that the Detroit Lions just had. And I don't know why they picked a long snapper, so don't ask me. This has nothing to do with the upcoming NFL season. I don't ready, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I was thinking about what I could talk about in the middle of May when we finished consecration, when we had 10 kids confirmed last week in confirmation, and Rod's doing a summer series about Abraham in the Old Testament. I was going to preach about something in the Old Testament. Rod wished I wouldn't preach about something in the Old Testament because we're spending a summer on it. And I said, well, what am I going to do? He said, there's plenty more book to use. (laughs) In thinking about that, I was thinking about what I could talk about and, and, and was thinking about a time when I was younger, maybe 12 or 13, when my parents had divorced. And it hit me. It was a verse that my youth leader had shared with me during that time of of, uh, rebellion in my life. My youth leader, Linda, she told me, cast all your anxieties on Christ because he cares for you. So anything that I worried about, I could just give to him? And she said, yes. And so that became my prayer. I was working on that. I went back into reading that verse, and what came to me was a song. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the you to know I'm not that old. But that was a song that was played in my house a lot because that's what mom and dad grew up on. I knew that song and it came to me. You might not recognize it. It's from 1961. It was a song on the Billboard 100. It made number one and it was brought to you today by The Tokens. If you don't know, it has spanned the history of music, first appearing in 1939 by South African singer Solomon Linda. He was the original writer of the song. It has been heard in the movie The Lion King, which was why I think it's the best Disney movie. And most recently, you could have heard it, Billy Joel and Jimmy Fallon did it on The Tonight Show. Check it out on YouTube if you don't believe me. I've got that little ditty stuck in your head now, so we're ready to move on. Did you know that it's true that most male lions sleep from time to time? Especially the ones that are from Detroit. (laughs) At least as found in my lifetime. And if you ask Pastor Rod, his Nittany ones have been doing it as well during the fall. But on average, a male lion will sleep 18 to 20 hours per day. Now I know what you're thinking, fellas. 18 to 20 hours? That would be nice. Get up, kiss the wife, have a little dinner, go right back to bed. (laughs) Woo! Good times. Hey, in the first testament book of, uh, in the New Testament book of 1 Peter uh, 1 5, 
uh, the Apostle Peter speaks of a lion-like creature that never snoozes, never slumbers, never sleeps. He says that this lion has been devouring unsuspecting prey from the beginning of time and remains on the prowl. He's ready to devour at any given time. He doesn't wait for anything. And any, if you give him a chance, he'll take it. That lion, of course, is Satan. And his aim is to get as many of us to follow him as he can. Therefore, if Peter had written that popular song, his opening lyric might have gone something like this. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion snarls tonight. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion prowls tonight. I'm going to get you, going to get you, going to get you, going to get you. You can follow along. See, since Satan is out there to get us, it would be good for us to know what makes us lion ready. What does it take for us to be ready to be uh, lion aware? How do we fight temptation that gets put in our way? Peter shows us that there are three things that keep us lion ready. Humility, self-control, and grace. God's grace specifically. So let's go to the scripture this morning. Turn with, it, turn me, with me if you want. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. And we're going to walk right through this text this morning. Starting in verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will, see, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Humility. Peter begins the lion taming advice in verse 6 of our, tick, of our text. There he says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. The question for us becomes, how does humbling ourselves before God make us lion ready? Doesn't, it, doesn't humbling ourselves, doesn't that just mean we have to give up the fun things and do what God wants us to do? I imagine that's what most people think, and, 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 and they're mostly right, because God is telling us to give up something. But that's why we don't stop in verse 6 and we go to verse 7, because what he's asking us to give up is what he's encouraging us to give up, is to surrender in the next verse, Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So the thing he's asking you to give up is the anxieties that you have in your life. So to humble yourself before God means to surrender all your cares and all your concerns to him. That's what he wants. And that will help us to make us lion ready. Ready because the devil likes to use our cares and concerns and this is something that is really big in his world. He uses this to make us second guess and doubt God. He, he's, the evil one will do whatever he can do to make you anxious. 
He's trying to wrestle that in you. In the fact, the word anxiety means diversion. And we see that used in the story of Matthew, uh, in, in the story of, of Mary and Martha. In Luke 10, 38 through 42, uh, this is a story that, where we learn about uh, Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to every word he says. And, 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 and she's just sitting there, so, soaking it in like a sponge. Martha is in the kitchen. And she is making sure there's enough plates and enough food and enough seats. She wants to make sure everyone has a place at the table to eat. She's frantically moving about, trying to do this. Martha's cares and concerns were so diverted that her tension moved away from Jesus. Mary wasn't doing anything to help. So Martha goes to Jesus and says, Martha says, she's not doing anything. Make her do something. Jesus is quick to take care of that little problem in explaining that Mary knew what was important to be listening to the words of Jesus. See, the devil plants diversions, and he's still at it today. Maybe it's a doctor's appointment that you really don't want to go to. Maybe it's exams for you students that you have coming up. Maybe it's graduation preparations of the parents and the graduates that is fast approaching. Maybe it's the prospect of starting a new job or the stress of losing the one you have. Maybe it's the fact that you have a summer camp happening in six weeks and you just lost six staff in the last two weeks and you have to replace them. That's a real story. Praying, 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 praying. When we rely on ourselves instead of God, we end up worrying and breaking the first commandment of having no other, having no other God before him. I think author C.S. Lewis uh, did a great job in, in his insightful observation of, about temptation. C.S. Lewis said this, No man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. He says, A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. That's an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. He continues, Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. You think about that for a second. Satan even tried to tempt Jesus. He spent 40 days with him in a desert. Matthew 4, 1 through 11 explains that interaction. Now, I'm thinking in going into this, Satan had to know that that wasn't going to work. But yet the devil, he just decides he's going to take Jesus to the mountaintop with these temptations. He wants Jesus to turn rock into bread so he has something to eat during the 40 days. He wants Jesus to jump off the mountain and fly like the angels do. He wants, he wants, he wants Jesus to take his world, follow him, but you see, Jesus won't gain the whole world by losing his soul. That wasn't his game. He's going to do it his way. He's going to do it the only way. And just like Jesus, we can't fall to temptation. We have to remain ready by humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. There's no better place to take our concerns uh, than to God because God loves you and he loves me and he's promised to care for us. So we got to do what the Greek verb cast implies. 
take every concern, every care that we have, pack them in one by one into a bag, tie that bag up, and give it to God to carry. God's going to take care of our problems better than we could do. So what's the use of us worrying about them if we've handed them over to God? Now, I know that that sounds so easy. Super simple, even. We just put them all in this bag, and we just hand it to him, and he's going to take it. Here's, here, here, here's the problem. We take our bag, we carefully pack it. It's got our cares, it's got our concerns, it's got our worry, our doubts, our everything. We pack it in this bag, we tie it up, we give it to Jesus, but we don't let go when he takes it. We still hold on to it because we're worried that if we don't keep our eye on it, if we don't keep, our, if we don't keep focused on it, it's not going to work out the same way. When we do that, guys... I was trying to come up with a way to explain it the best I could. And when we do that, we pack them up, we put the, the cares and concerns in it, we grab it, but we don't let go. We're treating Jesus like a pack animal. We treat God like someone that we have to lead to carry what we have. As we throw our cares on God, it's important that we don't become into a false, uh, lulled into a false sense of security thinking the danger of the attack is past. See, the master of temptation won't give up so easily. So what we have to do to be lying ready is make sure that God has our burdens and that he is leading, not us. Peter tells us how we can battle this master of temptation that won't give up. He gives us the second key in verses 8 and 9 when he talks about self-control. It says in Scripture, be self-controlled and alert your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. To be self-controlled means to have a clear head. Just means to have a clear head. And we remain lion ready when we remove anything that hampers good judgment. For example, if your mind is cluttered with lustful thoughts, we won't be prepared to flee from temptation. I was thinking about a story that would represent that. Joseph did that in the Old Testament when Potiphar's wife asked him to sleep with her. It wasn't going to happen. See, if our mind is muddled with materialism, it's going to be hard to offer our first fruits to God. If our mind is packed with pride, it will be hard from putting other people down so that we look good. We also exercise self-control when we don't leave our weaknesses exposed to the devil's temptations. It was a German professor of theology, his name was Martin Luther, who said that the devil climbs over the fence where it's the lowest. And that's why we need to know where our weak spots are. If stealing is a weakness, don't stay in a room where someone else's money is lying around unattended. If gossiping is a weakness, stop hanging out with those friends who are quick to spread the latest rumors. If we continue to let ourselves be influenced by these temptations, we only put ourselves into the lion's den. And it'll only be a matter of time if we're there when, before we get devoured. So see, if we remove the clutter from our lives, that thing that hampers good judgment, we shore up our weaknesses, then we can stand firm in the faith. 
And I think we stand firm in the faith when we stand firm on God's word. Only then can we be sure that we stand safely outside that lion's den. There's a verse uh, from a hymn, uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It goes something like this. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And you know the word. And you know the word. The name of Jesus is the word. See, Jesus proved that God's word overcomes temptation when, when he was tempted out in the wilderness. For every temptation, Jesus offered some of Isaiah. He offered him scripture to, 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 to mute him. Therefore, we need to arm ourselves with a powerful weapon that is God's word. Open your Bible, friends. Read it. Memorize key Bible verses so that you can be quick to use them when Satan makes his attack. And while humility and self-control will prepare us against the attacks by the devil, it's only God's grace that will bring us through these attacks. See, we, we know... We know that we need God's grace because even though the Scripture encourages us to cast our anxieties on Him, sometimes we fail to do that. And although we know that we should stay out of the lion's den, time and time again, we continue to put ourselves in harm's way. We're just thankful that we have a God that gives us undeserved love and that picks us up when we fall. Listen in verse 10 to the promise that Peter extends to us. And the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, himself will restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. When you fall, friends, turn to Jesus for forgiveness. Because he has defeated the devil by refusing to fall for any of his tricks, and he undid the devil's handiwork by taking the punishment of death that we deserve by hanging on a cross and raising three days later. Amen. Can you imagine how disappointed the devil must have been at Jesus' resurrection? Can you imagine the frustration that he felt? Here he thought he had beat, defeated God's son. He had him locked up. No worries anymore. Um, Three days later, uh-oh. If you've seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, it's one of, my, it's one of the scenes that lift me up at the end. After, after, after seeing what had to happen for me, I see the devil screaming in rage at the end when Christ is no longer there. And since the devil could not defeat Jesus, he's gone to plan B. If you don't know what plan B is, I go take you back to the first book of Genesis when, when God is creating everything. And on the sixth day when he creates us, he says, very good. Not just good, we're very good. And when he talks about that, plan B must be for, for, for the tempter then to attack God's people. That's what he's out today to get us. The crown of God's creation he wants to attack us. Martin Luther said that where God builds a cathedral, Satan builds a chapel. So we need to be ready for those attacks, friends. The devil doesn't want you to believe that Jesus won forgiveness for you. He does not want you to be, believe that. He's going to bring up past sins. He's going to shake them in your face. He's going to ask 
you how God could love anyone like you so filthy? And the answer is one word that can topple Satan each and every time. You know the one word. The one word is the true, the powerful name of Jesus. Through Christ, the victory is ours. Through Christ, God will restore us to the glory intended for his people before sin entered the world. Through Christ, God has made us strong so we can carry, our works that, carry out works that please God. Yes, how could God love us? God loves us because of Jesus. And if we remain in Christ, then that lion's roar is going to sound like, more like one of those little yippy dogs. You know which ones I'm talking about? Yip, 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 kick it. I know you don't do that. Um, or, 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 that or that baby kitten's meow. It won't attack us at all. It won't bother us at all when we have Jesus carrying those concerns. So to stay lion ready, friends, so that we won't be devoured, don't worry about it. Because it's true that in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion snarls tonight. But we can't be afraid because, after all, it's God's jungle. And if it's God's jungle, he will see, keep us safe in Christ. Therefore, as you walk through life, as you walk through the world in your jungle, humble yourself under God's mighty hand by casting all of your cares on him. Trust that he is in control no matter what quicksand you run into, whatever problem arises in your life, don't worry about it. Remain watchful, standing firm in the faith, armed with the Word of God, and the God of grace who has called us to eternal glory will keep you safe. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you know the temptations that we face each and every day different for each and every one of us. But your word, Lord, promises that we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear. This morning, Lord, I ask for your strength to stand up under the temptation whenever we encounter it. Father, your word also tells us that, that, that you will provide us a way out of the temptation if we ask for it. So please, Lord, give us the wisdom to walk away when we're tempted, the clarity to see the way out that you provide. We thank you, God, that you are a faithful deliverer and that we can count on you in any of our times of need. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.